you know, if things start going downhill, okay, that's just October. And I don't have to, like you say, I don't have to judge myself. I don't have to shame myself, but just to be like, this is not you failing. This is October being October. Welcome to Woolen Spinning Radio. This month, Rebecca and I really got into the weeds about how we generally feel in this October, November season. This season of deep fall, when there's time changes looming, and this time of year seems to really affect people's energy levels. We've been both battling sickness in our respective households and dealing with sick children and Rebecca herself has been fighting a really bad cold and we got into sort of how our making changes when we're sick or tired when we're feeling depleted and a certain creative energy that comes out of that as we recover as we start to feel the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of feeling better and and getting our energy levels back And we both acknowledge that there definitely seems to be a sense of overwhelm at this time of year, Um, both in our making, in our personal lives, this increased sense of busyness. So we really kind of got into the weeds this month and I would love to hear from you and to hear from you how this time of year affects you. Like I keep, I haven't spun for probably a week and a half, but it's like, no, I want to do that because making that space is really good for me. Um, and this is a way that even though it's hard to get started, uh, for me, I have decided that that, you know, is a discipline that will feed me and will care for me. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me so long to be able to say things like that, um, without feeling triggered, uh, to some kind of overzealous self-help um gonna get it all together anxiety it has taken so long to get there so if you find any of this triggering if you're listening to this and you're like oh my gosh i gotta get all my stuff together and i i can't do it like just just like out the window you know what forget it like you're you are exactly where you are and where you are is great In some parts of the world, they are entering a time of spring and renewal and new energy as you head into the summer. And for those of us us who are in the Northern Hemisphere, we are definitely entering a time of hibernation, of shutting down, of quiet, um, as we approach the contemplative season of the the, um, holiday season, no matter how you uh, celebrate or don't celebrate. And then of course, on the heels of that is the new year. So I would love to hear from you. Comment on the Patreon post at patreon.com slash wool and spinning or in the Slack channel under hashtag podcast chat that's one of the channels available to you to chat about the podcast in an ongoing way and otherwise please enjoy listening thank you so much for tuning in In a world of store-bought items and a world that seems to never slow down, we make with our hands and tools. Here at Woolen Spinning Radio, we take a moment to breathe, to chat, to reflect. As the world continues in a whirlwind around us, we sit quietly at our spinning wheels with our knitting needles or on our looms. The gentle motion of twisting a spindle, watching it dropping slowly to the ground, 
or the click-clack of needles tapping against each other as we turn a heel, brings solace and comfort. We make with our hands because we love the process and value our handmade items. While they are never perfect, our yarns might be gently thick and thin or just plain over-twisted. In this place, we discuss what it means to be a maker, to use our hands. Join us as I chat with others in our community about these ideas, challenges, and rewards. Thank you for your time spent here in this place. You are always welcome. So we've been complaining a lot, just sort of back and forth and around about how um, low energy we've been feeling and how kind of we've been feeling tired and, um, you know, just hit a, hit a hard October. And you can probably tell from my voice, I'm still recovering from a cold that has been persisting for over a week now. I, I was completely unable to talk on Tuesday uh, and most of Wednesday. And now I'm mostly back, um, but you'll notice I'm sounding weird. Um, so I kind of just wanted to talk today about being tired and being in a season of being low energy and how that relates to our making and um, yeah, how we can just to have some time to reflect on that. Um, so I did want to set like one ground rule, which is um, know what we could call in a 12-step program crosstalk, no crosstalk, no um we're not giving advice. Rachel and I, Rachel and I are, are pretty health conscious. Rachel's like, as you know, Rachel's very health conscious. I'm as health conscious as I have the capacity to be in any given time. Um, so I'm assuming that for the sake of this conversation, you know, if we're feeling tired, if we're feeling sick, it's not like, oh, well, you could be doing more. You could be doing different stuff. Um, Cause we, you know, taking care of ourselves also takes energy and um, takes capacity. And and when that's the spiral you get into, when you lose capacity and when you get tired is you can't do the things that feed you. Um, so that's what I brought up and suggested as a topic today. So uh, Rachel, I wanted to start by asking, can you talk about how you feel in general about this sort of October, November season? Like how has it affected you in your life? Um, and how has this year in particular been affecting you? I thought this was a great place to start. And I loved the questions that you have posted yesterday for us to like reflect on before we sat down to do this. Um, so I think we need to do this like all the time because <laughs> it was, I loved your questions. I thought they were fantastic. Um, so I sat down this, um, yesterday and then I, I sat down again this morning. Cause we've got, I've got, a uh, Nora's homesick. Um, she's been extremely sick this weekend. So, uh, I had an opportunity yesterday and, and, um, this morning to just sit down do some journaling, think about the questions that you have posed and, and, um, uh, yeah, just reflect on them. So, um, so in an effort to stay like relatively concise, um, I think, uh, generally, in the October and November seasons every year, I get, uh, I start to feel, um, quite overwhelmed. And, um, when 
people ask like, how are you and how you're doing? I think the default is often to start to list what it is that you have going on. Like, and I'm saying the Royal you, I mean myself. Um, and I see it, you know, other people doing it sometimes too. And, and I think like, well, like, I wonder underneath the list, the to-do list, like how you're actually feeling like, Hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And oh, well, I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. So I often feel if I distill it down and I like cut through the the to-do list that I sort of am leave, left with sort of this like um, uh, overwhelm. And I think part of it is because the stuff from the existing year isn't resolved yet, but the stuff from that that is sort of coming up, you know, the Christmas season, um, New Year's, and then into the next year is starting to creep in. So there's like this feeling of, of being caught um, between in, 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 in transition, I guess, like as the, um, years, as, as I transition to the next year, there's sort of this feeling of like, you know, overwhelm that starts to creep in. And what that feels like is sort of this like tense, uh, this tense feeling that I sort of end up walking around with for a prolonged period of time. Like it doesn't just last for a day or two. It's like a prolonged and it becomes normal to feel that way. Um, I feel heavy, um, so there's like this sort of heaviness in the, in my gut. And, um, I start to sort of feel like a bit of a cording in my chest. I start to feel really frustrated by the amount that gets piled on my plate. Cause it's other stuff too. It's, it's not just like one thing. And, and I've noticed that this time of year, those feelings are, um, recurrent. So it often is like, Oh, there it is again. Oh, it's that time of year. It's not good or bad. And it's not, um, um, I I've learned to look at this time of year with a certain degree of neutrality, um, where I'm not, I really try hard not to like judge myself. Like you should be doing better. You should be doing more. You should be able to cope with, with a new calendar year coming up. Um, I've really, been able to let a lot of that go, but this time of year, those are the feelings that sort of start to come up and start to crop up. And I start to realize that, oh, there's that feeling that's, and it's been there for quite a few days or it's been there for quite a few weeks. So yeah, that's what that is. And I'm more able to um, articulate it now. Like it didn't take me a long time to distill down like what it is that this time of year sort of brings for me. And it sounds really negative. And I think in some ways in the past, it has been. Um, Yeah. How about you, Rebecca? Well, if I can just reflect back, make sure I understand what yeah. you're saying. It sounds like, um, you know, it's this confluence of like the fall, the fall plans that we make, which, you know, we're all excited about in August and September that are coming along. And then there's like the holidays coming in and you have to start planning for that and for the next year all at once. And so it's sort of the, you got it. It sounds like you're kind of got sandwiched in between like all the busyness and it sort of peaks is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's planning for the fall specifically. Cause base, cause I do a lot of like September, October, November, I do a lot of stuff in the summer to get ahead of, uh, deadlines and, and things that come up in the fall. Um, I definitely think that once September starts, there's a lot more that gets piled on because mm-hmm. things start up again, right? It's all the soccer, it's the swimming lessons, it's school, it's the schoolwork, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure it's, um, um, I think it's the, so in like for us, I often feel like Labor Day is New Year's. 
mm-hmm. and that we're starting a new year on that Tuesday in September. Um, totally. And so there's like all this excitement about starting everything again. Right. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then it all sort of starts to sink in like a, you know, sort of four to six weeks later, it's like, oh my goodness, like, how are we going to maintain this pace for the rest of the year? You know, mm-hmm. I.e. the school year. Yeah. 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 And yeah. our startups tend to kind of stagger a little bit. I don't know what it's like mm-hmm. for you, but like we start school early in August, the kids sort of activities don't really like hockey is just starting. Like uh, they haven't even right. put, published the hockey schedule yet, but that's going to start up next week. So there's kind of like, it, you know, it kind of gets piled on. Like you think, okay, it's fall. Mm-hmm. We're started. This is our routine now. But then another layer gets piled on and another layer gets piled on. And then Christmas is coming. And oh my gosh. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely, I identify with the overwhelm very, very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate what you're saying about feeling it in your body as like a tension in your chest. And um, yeah, I think learning to recognize where those feelings sit in our bodies and take the time to reflect on that. Um, that is not something that comes natural to me, but it's, it really feeds me when, um, when I can recognize that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely been, um, the case the last several years as my kids have gotten older and been in school, uh, and we've had that pace. I first started noticing something like seasonal affective disorder, when I was in college, I just mm-hmm. noticed that October was always a real bummer for me. And uh, I love a lot of things about October. Like I love like the fall season and I would love going to farmer's markets and harvest. Like I love like Halloween and all the aesthetic of fall. I just love, love, love. Um, but like sometime in October, it would usually hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I'm not doing well. And, um, where, where, where was I going with that? Um, it's you like a ton of bricks. I'm yeah, not doing well. Yeah. I think I tend to notice, and this is in general and not just in fall, I tend to notice I'm not doing well kind of after the fact, mm-hmm. like, it sounds kind of like something you were saying that like, I'll not be doing well for like weeks, but I don't really realize it until, uh, like I don't recognize the symptoms right away. Mm -hmm. I don't like the symptoms for me are usually just like distracting myself really, really intensely, like, um, getting some new obsession that I'm really into or, um, you know, that's kind of the main thing. Like I get really obsessive about something. I get really fixated on hyper-focused on something, um, to the neglect of other things because it, um, you know, it keeps my focus and it feeds my creative side. Um, but eventually I'll crash or I'll, I'll realize, you know, the parts of my life that are really important to me, like my family and my relationships have suffered, um, because I was coping by being really, really hyper-focused on something. Um, or just being really addicted to screens or um, being really addicted to like food in some capacity in, in like a hyper healthy direction or in a not hyper healthy direction. Um, Yeah. So this year was different for me because I started talking about it really early. I started just talking about it with everybody 
who I, you know, would have conversations with just being like, okay, it's October. October is tough. Okay. It's October. I know it's going to be tough. I hope you're taking care of yourself and just Mm -hmm. like making that really explicit so that I would remember, you know, if things start going downhill, okay, that's just October. And I don't have to, like you say, I don't have to judge myself. I don't have to shame myself, but just to be like, this is not you failing. This is October being October. Um, and and that honestly has helped. Um, the weather also turned really late here, which probably helped as well. Like mm-hmm. we really only hit like what feels like cold weather like a week and a half ago. Like um, I guess it'll be a couple weeks ago by the time this airs. You know, it was beautiful and above freezing and sunny, like right up until um, the end of um, the end of PD week. So like the 19th, and then it finally got windy and cold and kind of snowy. Um, so I th- I'm sure that really helped. So up here, the, the darkness comes on really fast. Um, you know, usually the cold comes earlier, but we don't really feel it until about now. That's when it starts getting um, dark earlier and then we hit daylight savings time next week and once daylight savings time hits it gets dark at like 3 p.m and that's we all feel it so quick that it gets dark um now usually the last couple of years it, uh, what has kept us going is the busyness um because we haven't had time to like slow down and be really depressed um <laughs> Um, so in a way that kind of carries us through Christmas and then by the end of Christmas, we're just so relieved to be done with all of that stuff that we can really enjoy December or January and be really cozy. And then it doesn't become a bummer until March. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of how my October is going this year. How is your October going this year into November? Has this year been... Um, different at all I feel like this year has been particularly busy like I feel like same as you guys so so it because you guys have been experiencing that milder weather as well and it hasn't gotten really cold um and it's been the same here where we've had rain but it's been milder um we've I feel I feel like in some ways my mood has been higher as a result because it hasn't that like cold, wet, dreary gray that we get here. It's different from darkness. I think darkness is, is like a different, uh, we cope with darkness in a different way than we, you know, it's different moods, different. It definitely affects all of us differently. Right. Um, cause here we can still be outside. So that's one, like as, as dreary and as cold and as wet as it is, we can still be outside. It's hard and you've got to have the right clothing, but, um, this October felt like it felt like the busyness was more like what it would have been like three to five years ago, like prior to 2020, prior to the pandemic. Um, and, but now that the kids are older, we, we sort of have ended up experiencing more like what it would have been like if we had older kids before. Um, cause our life wasn't that, 
I wouldn't have described our life as being like crazy busy before the pandemic, but now that our kids are three to four years older and we're doing all those extracurriculars that all those families that were doing all of that prior, now we're kind of in that boat because our kids are just that little bit older. And so like I've heard from other like families and other, other parents and stuff like this, this is like what it was like, but we hadn't experienced that yet or before. And I think that's where this October and November or October anyways, has been different. Um, because I've kind just... of amped up at a pace, like you would have yeah. been on a nice linear straight line if, if yeah. not for the pandemic, but you kind of went up, stalled out, went down, but now you're catching up and it's like zoom way up. And to it, that's right. Up. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and like you, you guys are just starting hockey for the first time and mm-hmm. kind of introducing having that intensity of a sport in your life. And I think that's something that we've really watched with our kids is because there's that in that sort of next level of intensity when you've got sport that kids are serious about and they want to get better and they want to work at it and they want to be out there. It just adds a certain layer to our, or it has added a certain layer to our life that we never had before. I didn't experience that growing up. Um, and Mike didn't either. And so having that like level of intensity has been a learning curve, partially to learn to moderate my own reaction to it. Um, that if we miss, like Nora's been sick, like, you know, she missed all of her soccer stuff for the last five days. And it's like, that's okay. It's not a big deal. Like she's Mm -hmm. super bummed about it. She's super upset about it. She's articulating it. That's okay. Um, and I think this fall season, because it's ramped up so much, it's been difficult to, figure out where that all fits in the bigger, in the grander scheme of things. Like what, what's it all for? Like, why, why do all of this? Um, And figuring out like what's important and what do we want to spend our time doing? And that's um, so important with these things because it's so easy to just pile up with activities just because it's what's going on around you or because it's what's expected. Um, And if you're not there, then you're missing out. And, you know, I think that's very much some of what's ingrained in the kids, even though they try to keep that at bay. You know, if you're not at the hockey rink, then you're not there. If you're not at the soccer field, you're not there. And it's sort of more what's implied versus what's real, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. And the expectations I feel like are, yeah. I mean, you're in a very competitive culture, Yeah, I think. Especially down here. Yeah, Yeah, up here, we do have the small blessing that, you know, expectations are just lower. Yeah. Now with hockey, I should give some background. I'm getting my eight year old daughter into hockey for the first time. And this is the first time that our family has had a kid on a team sport at all. Um, And she's older than most kids here are. Um, And hockey, once they get a little bit older, hockey and Rankin can get super intense. Um, the kids are not always sportsmanlike that, you know, there's, there's an emphasis on winning and it can get it. I've heard stories that it can get pretty serious, get pretty nasty up here. Um, so mm-hmm. I will absolutely be keeping an eye on that, but, um, you know, I, for me, I prayed about it a lot and really felt strongly that, uh, Martha needs this, um, I need this as a chance to get to know some more parents. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just trying it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at this level, it's like, if you're late, if you're slow, you know, it's not a big deal. Like it's very welcoming. The parents are very, you know, helpful and want to support each other and, you know, passing equipment around if you have extra, um, you know, and so that's really awesome. Um, as opposed to like, I did grow up in a sports environment down South, um, cause I did figure skating intensely for many years. Uh, and that was just a brutal kind of dog eat dog world. Um, and, and there's also like middle school girl experiences in there too. That was just brutal. Um, but anyway, um, this is not the, you know, my kids are in sports podcast, but, uh, <laughs> But it is a huge it's, part of our lives is, right now. It's a you know, extracurriculars. Yeah. yeah. And, and that intensity, I feel that intensity when you actually have to show up at a thing on time with all the equipment, because there's so much equipment with hockey. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Things that I never knew existed. Uh, yeah. All the stuff. And, and having my kid is eight. So she expects me to to keep track of all the stuff and to know, you know, I really have to be there, put everything on her, get her there on time. You know, that's really on me. Um, And in a way that kind of intensity is good for me because I can be pretty lazy. I can, I can be pretty passive. So, you know, that's good for me to have that something to make me get up and go. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of another layer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one more thing that you guys have added to your plate this fall. Yeah. 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 So um, do, 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 do. let's talk about our crafts. Let's talk about our making yeah. and how our making changes. Um, we talked about overwhelm and uh, crafting can get a lot of overwhelm. Um, how has your making been this fall? Have you felt overwhelmed by it? Have you been able to keep your expectations kind of under control? Um, how are you feeling about your making right now in the midst of all the busyness? Yeah, this was such a good question because it's something that I don't necessarily sit and think about or um, contemplate very often. Like I'm in such a doing mode so much of the time. I'm sort of in that like sympathetic nervous system where you just do, 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 do. That to slow down and sort of allow myself to go into that more um sort of parasympathetic, calm, reflective sort of mode. It's a natural state for me. And it's definitely where I, where I am my best self, but it's, it often gets ignored in and amongst these seasons of life or seasons in the calendar that are so do, do, do focused. And when I was thinking about my making and whatnot, and my crafting for this, for this um, discussion, one of the things that I sort of came up against again and again was this feeling of like, just time. Like there just isn't a lot of time to really get into some of the projects that I would like to be working on. And um, I don't feel that sense of um, like feeling settled enough and calm enough to sit down and spend a lot of time like spinning, like at my, at my wheels. Like I find that's the first thing that goes when I'm feeling busy. And when I'm feeling, um, I'm in that do mode, that sort of sympathetic nervous system kind of go, go, go do, do, do. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about that because the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system is something that I just learned about this year. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. And um, hearing about that was really helpful to me. So can you um, unpack that a little bit and describe it for people? Yeah. So there's, um, there's sort of a, a, a pol- like it's called polyvagal theory and there's um, I am by no means an expert and I d- do not have formal education in this whatsoever. So if this is something that's interesting to somebody who's listening to this, I would highly recommend that you seek out a practitioner that um, specializes in polyvagal theory and, and specializes in educating others and um, exploring polyvagal theory with people. So just with that caveat in place, um, there's sort of three states. Your vagus nerve is uh, the biggest nerve that's attached to your GI tract, and and it's the direct sort of blo- um, uh, gut brain uh, pathway. And when you're in sort of a a parasympathetic um, state, your vagus nerve is. It, they sort of talk about um, vagus nerve. Um, uh, um, like there's exercises and stuff you can do to get into your parasympathetic system and to feel calm and to feel centered. There's a lot, like when people talk about, you know, meditation practices or daily practices around like grounding. Um, so grounding is where you, you know, um, you maybe sit on a chair or you lie on the ground and you feel your, your body ground, you know, um, centering, um, grounding down. Sometimes people talk about um, in those meditations, they'll talk about like growing roots out of your feet into the ground below you and that you're a tree and like that kind of stuff. And and just really trying to come back to your sense of self, um, uh, 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 a calmness, um, sort of calm energy, um, centering, all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's the, the, and, and one of the, um, phrases that's often used with, uh, when you're in your, in your parasympathetic system is like you're vibing and tribing. So like you feel like you're, you know, just everything is, is, um, uh, you know, feels good. You're feeling good. You're calm, you're centered. You can, you can connect with others in your tribe. You can, um, you, you can let other people in, you feel really connected, um, you know, it's that feeling of like, you know, waking up, you've had a great sleep, you've had a really nourishing breakfast and you want to go for a run because you just feel really energized, but not in a um, tense, stressed kind of a way in a real like, you know, vibing and tribing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's how it feels. Um, when you're in your sympathetic nervous system, that's your do, do, do. It's your fight or flight response. It's unfortunately where the majority of people exist the majority of the time in our Western society. Um, Mm -hmm. it's the, when somebody says, when you ask how someone's doing and they give you their to-do list, they are totally in their sympathetic nervous system. They are like, do, 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 go, go, go. Um, uh, you know, to-do lists and I should be doing more. I should be doing better. I have to do more. I have to do better. Um, it's, it's like your adrenaline's going all the time. And, and the problem with that is that you like in the stone age village, if there was a saber toothed tiger, of course, we need that shoot of adrenaline. Of course, we need to either fight or, or run away. Um, that's how we survived. But in the modern day world, we're in that system all the time. And it becomes normal to have really high cortisol levels. Um, and I don't think measuring cortisol levels and doing all of the testing and stuff that they say that, you know, is helpful, quote unquote, I don't, I don't think putting numbers to this stuff for me personally is particularly helpful. I think, um, 
getting in tune with your body and how you're physically feeling. Are you sweating? Are you tense? Do you have a cording in your chest? Are you overwhelmed? Are you anxious? Um, do you feel a heaviness? Do you like, you can start to sort of pick up and it's different for everyone. You start to pick up on those things. It's like, okay, I am in fight or flight mode right now. I am like, go, 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 do, do, do. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, um, it's, it's, um, it's a state that you can be in like on an ongoing basis. And one of the best ways to channel that and to get yourself out of the sympathetic system is um to actually like do something go for a run go for a, do some exercise do it do it um like get vacuum um mm-hmm. like just get, get that yeah get Move get that adrenaline out of you yeah we because we don't have that outlet so maybe you're a teacher and you're up in front of the class and you're teaching all day and you're in that you know sympathetic you've got a really busy class you've got you know lots of lots of needs in the class you're just so on all day and then you come home and you sit in front of the television you're mm-hmm. not getting that adrenaline out it's just an example yeah um and then the final one is your freeze collapse freeze paralyze it's your dorsal i think that one's the dorsal ventral um i have notes here from like previous research um that i Cause I'm always reading about this kind of stuff. And of course I learned some of it in school and some of it we use in our, in a nursing, um, mm. the dorsal ventral anyways, that's your freeze collapse. So this is where you've probably been in a situation where your S your SNS or your sympathetic nervous system has been turned on for a really super long time. And now all of a sudden it's just, there's nothing left. You've just frozen. Numbing out is another way of describing your dorsal ventral. So you're feeling, um, this is just an example, but um, you, this one's very common. And once you're aware of it, you can pick up on it in, in society around you. Um, uh, when people say, uh, oh, I just need a coffee. They've numbed out. They're in mm-hmm. the dorsal ventral. They're, they're just, they've, they've frozen, they've collapsed. And it's not a, it doesn't sound like a big thing. Like that's not a big deal. Um, it's just, um, there's feelings, there's stuff going on. We're probably pretty disconnected from the neck down. So, you know, we talk about being really out of your body, not really feeling what's going on. This is stuff that all of us need to be working on for our entire life. This isn't something Mm -hmm. that you just all of a sudden figure out. Um, Another way of like numbing out or freezing and collapsing is um, distractions. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a really big one for people, um, you know, just to get your, you know, um, not to have to sort of feel your feelings, if you will. Um, And it takes time. Like you can't just all of a sudden, okay, today I'm going to feel my feelings. I'm going to, you know, get myself out of these different uh, you know, different yeah, states no, of definitely. being it it's, it's a journey, you know, it, yeah. it very much is a journey. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like, you know, numbing out or, um, being very on busyness, being in that SNS, um, all mm-hmm. the time. So those, you know, one of the things about being in your parasympathetic system is you can really connect with others. You can be in relationship really well when you're in your freeze paralyzed, state of like numbness you can't connect with others very well if at all um you feel very disconnected you feel very it can be very lonely for people um mm-hmm. and then that state of busyness you're too busy to to worry about whether or not you're connected to others or whether or not you're in relationship or whether or not things are going well with your partner or whether or not you're connected with your kids it's just like get them to hockey get them to soccer get them get the dinner on the table go get lunches done for tomorrow do 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 and so that's a really great way of sort of um uh yeah slowing down and ask yourself like hey when was the last time i asked my partner how they're doing 
you know, that's a really mm-hmm. great way. And that's usually a, a big, like, you know, oh man, I don't think I've actually asked them for like weeks. Okay. This is something that maybe we need to ask each other. Maybe they have no idea that this is what's going on with me. So that's the kind of stuff that can little, little things that you can do to start to kind of, okay, which, which in polybagel theory, where am I right now? And then just being extremely, extremely compassionate to yourself and kind to yourself. Like, of course I would be feeling this way. How could I not? I have Mm -hmm. all these things on the calendar. Of course I would feel overwhelmed. Like, duh. (laughs) And that just, and that actually helps you to vibe and tribe. It gets you back into your body and into your system. Totally. Does that help? Yeah, no. Yeah. You're describing, um, I, like between you can end up in this cycle where you're just cycling between like sympathetic nervous system where you're on, 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 and then dipping way down into dorsal ventral and then pushing yourself back up into go, go, go. And you can just end up going up and down and up and down. And like, you can't, find that middle. And if you do that a lot, like the up and down get closer and closer together and it gets harder and harder to find that middle. Exactly. Um, Yeah. 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 No, freeze, run, freeze, run, freeze, run. Right. Yeah. And I'm out, run, I'm out, run. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that language very helpful. Mm -hmm. I only just started learning about it like this spring. Um, I did a, started on a handbook about trauma that I didn't get very oh, far yeah, in because okay. it's just so much, like, it's just so much. You have to really be kind to yourself and pace mm-hmm. yourself. But yeah, I think yeah. it's been so big to look at that. And what, what learning about that has done is it has given me language to describe, you know, what has always been going on in me. And um, I think that really applies to, um, making because making can be such a good like barometer I think Mm -hmm. um, because I really find that there's types of making or like subtasks within making that I can only do when I'm in a parasympathetic state Um, or or even in a like the even in a sympathetic state like you know when I'm take when I'm sick, for example. And I wanted to talk about being sick because that can, has a huge effect on my making and my creativity um, because it's an enforced slowdown. I'm, um, I'm kind of all over the place right now, but I I find that I am in that go, go, go mode so much. Um, That's just kind of where I live, especially in the mornings. And then I crash at some point and then I have no capacity for new creativity. Like um, I can only work on projects that I've already started, um, things that I don't have to think too hard about, things that I don't have to look for all the pieces of them. Um, they're just in a bag. That's why I get a lot of knitting done in the fall um, because I'm so go, go, go. And knitting is just in a nice little package and you can take it with you wherever and you can just sit down and do it. And it takes a long time. Um, it's, I would say the slowest of my hobbies and the one that I get the biggest backlog on. Um, and I just, I just sit and that. So I've just been knitting all these hexes because I'm like, I know how to do that. I can knit a hexy now without even thinking. Um, and that's where I spend a lot of the fall. Uh, whereas, by the time I get to January, I've had some of that quiet and I've had some of that um, time where there wasn't anything pulling on me. And that's when I really start spinning because 
um, I get like this boost of peacefulness and creativity and I'm ready to like sit up at the wheel. I'm ready to get out a large tool, make sure it's in tune. Um, like I'm ready for that. So usually January to April, I do a lot of spinning because that's where I find my, um, that's where I find that sympathetic, you know, this is kind of like when you learn something new, like when you learn how to use a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, but it's, that's, it's been helpful to me to have that language and also just helpful to be, um, to be kind to myself. And when I don't get things done, not to be like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get the things done that I was doing at other times? What can I do to make myself more productive and more motivated? Like those are questions I asked myself all my life. Why am I not motivated? Why am I not productive? When it's like, no, just like, that's never the right question for me. The question is like, what's going on with you? You know, where are you at? Um, what's pulling on you? What's tugging on you? Um, what, you know, where are your levels at? What are you enjoying? Um, what do you really need right now? Um, one of the things that I often will ask myself is like, what are you really triggered by right now? What's mm, like yes. setting you off? You know, is it the soccer schedule or is it the, the amount of driving? Is it, you know, yeah, that's another one that I often ask myself. Yeah. The language of triggering is, 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 is one I'm still learning about. And it's so like misunderstood in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um, that it's, yeah, that's like a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another one I really like is what's really charged for you right now. What keeps coming Mm -hmm. up in your mind again and again, what are you kind of, um, ruminating on without recognizing that, um, you're maybe ruminating on it. So like, I'll often find myself Mm -hmm. like thinking about something, um, over and over. And it's like, is this serving me like to think about this so much? And what is it about it that's so charged right now? And it might be something like quite innocuous, like wanting to get one of the looms warped and kind of having this like project, like pull on me and just Mm -hmm. not having the capacity to give it the time and the space that it needs to get it out of my head because it doesn't actually have to go onto the loom. It actually just needs some time and space for me to document that I would like to do this at some point. It doesn't have to happen right now, but I find when I'm you know, sick or I'm tired, I don't have the capacity to project plan or to cast something new on where I have to worry about like stitch counts and getting my head around it. And um, mm-hmm. so it becomes quite charged because like, well, I want to do this thing. Why can't I do this thing? And it's like this like tug of war. You get really fixated on it yeah. because you can't make any steps forward in it. That's right. Yeah. I get like that so much when I'm sick. Um, mm. Because like, especially when I have a cold like this, like my brain is not is going at a hundred percent, but my body cannot stand okay. up and do something like spin at a wheel or yeah. um, even like gather the supplies to cast on something new. Yeah. But I, I tend to have a lot of ideas when I'm sick. Um, and uh, so what I did to kind of cope with that this time is, um, somebody had, there's a older lady down South who had sent a few different people up here who are quilters, sent her, sent a bunch of her old stash up here that she didn't think she would get to. And so she sent me these two, like, you know, those large flat rate boxes. She's going to two of them stuffed full of fabric. 
and there were a couple of big bags of just um strips just like scrappy strips and if any of you are into quilting you'll know that like jelly rolls and stuff are Mm. hugely popular and they're a great way to make all kinds of patterns and I'd always wanted to try a log cabin quilt um I have never done one I'd always wanted to try so my entertainment was I sat there in bed and I dumped out those bags of strips and I sorted them all by color and I started like counting yardage and that was something I could do like it was something my body could handle um so I didn't have to move I just had like paper and pen and so I sat there and I designed a couple of log cabin tops with what I had and um that was that was good because I Mm. got to do something a lot of times I do get stuck in that imagining mode and I just end up playing with spreadsheets and like you know reading books and imagining doing all the things because I can't work on the things I already have going excuse me but yeah a lot of my a lot of my really creative ideas come when I'm sick um I think partly because when I'm sick I have to stop Uh, I have that sympathetic nervous system because I can't move I can't push myself um so yeah, the book that I'm working on right now, that was entirely out of having migraines. That's where that entirely came from. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So um I think there's a there's definitely parts of being when you're tired and sick and it's fall and it's October and it's mm-hmm. being a jerk to you. Um <laughs> that can dampen your creativity in some ways, but I'm also curious about the flip side about how it feeds our creativity as well because I'm sure that's quite different for different people Um, but at different times I've I have found that in different ways to be the case usually during those enforced slowdowns during the being sick not when I have to go 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 for weeks on end Um, but that's just part of fall too right that's getting sick getting colds that is just part of the season yeah Yeah. flu season Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think um when I feel that like soul fatigue and mental fatigue, my, my creativity completely shuts down. Like when I'm, when I'm mentally fatigued, I, like I mentioned, I can't get my head around, like working out a warp, working out stitch counts, you know, what yarn would be appropriate for this pattern, getting stuff ordered if I need different yarn. Like I just mentally can't do the math. And then if it's like soul fatigue, it's because like, I'm just so drained. I have a lot of difficulty focusing. Um, I don't want to pick up even where I left off on existing projects. It's just too much. Um, And when it's physical fatigue, I don't even really want to weave because it's very physical to be at the big floor looms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be sitting up at my wheels and stuff. And even like, I know I'm really, really truly fatigued when I don't even really feel like knitting. It's like, it just doesn't call to me. But as I come out of that, you know, if I've been sick or there's been stuff going on or what, you know, whatever has kind of led to that degree of fatigue. Um, from there, as I come out of it, I start to feel really inspired and I start to feel like excited about what I had left and what was sitting there. 
um, and I want to work on it again. And I often, and it's funny when I come back to those projects, I'm also, I often really surprised at how easy they come. Like, you know, it felt like too much to sit down and throw the shuttle. And then I sit down and it's like, holy smokes, I just wove off like four or five towels, you know, like that. Like, it's almost like the mental work gets done while, while I'm recovering, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 And then you come back to it and you're like, what was, what was so hard about this? Like, this is so easy, you know, or, or like, you know, you got your head around the yarn and the pattern and without really consciously thinking about it. And then you sort of jump in. Um, And so I often feel like very, like I'm, I'm ready to jump back in. I feel fired up. And I also find that that's when like new ideas that were percolating start to creep back in. And I start to be ready to tackle those and ready to give them a try or, you know, I've prepped a bunch of fiber, but I didn't actually get started on it. And now I'm ready to like, take that on. Yeah. Um, I find in this season of life, to be honest, the hardest part just in general is getting onto my wheels. Like I just spinning is, is something like, it's the first thing that goes to the back burner. And I think it's, um, um, it's like the true definition of like, anti do 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 because you're just sitting there making yardage and I mean spinning has always been where they get um like where all the 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 bottlenecks in in um you know previous centuries like it was always the spinning that was the bottleneck mm-hmm. and um you know because you can make cloth relatively quickly and um I I always try to remind myself of that. Like this is supposed to be slow. It's supposed to be a little bit boring. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to bring you back to center and bring you back to self. And it's okay that you can't crank out yardage um, in terms of yarn. Um, And when I'm in that real do-do-do mode, I find it's really hard to tap into that that patience and that calmness. Yeah. But after I've been sick and I'm coming out of it. Yes. Almost, yeah. Like physically painful. Yeah. To when you're just like in that fight or flight mode, it's like, it's the survival part of your brain. So like, you, you know, it, it wants to stop you from stopping. Like, you know, totally. it drives you away. Um, and I guilted myself for years about that. I'm like, what is wrong with me that I don't want to say, slow down and read my Bible and spend time in prayer. Like, I don't, like, I'm feeling like there's something wrong with me spiritually because I don't want to do that. And it's like, no, you're just conditioned to, to move, um, because you know, whatever. And this is so completely normal. Um, yeah. So just, some podcasts I re- listened to recently was just like shame is bad for the brain. So oh, totally. So 100%. I was like, yeah, just kick that, kick that to the curb. Forget that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which has been so good, just so so good. And I hope that my kids learn that at a younger age than I did. <laughs> um, I think there wasn't the knowledge about the brain and how we function and some of this stuff, the new, the more nuanced conversation there, they like, you know, when we were growing up, like it just wasn't, you know, this was, they hadn't even started some of this research yet. Like it hadn't even, yeah. you know, so we have to be kind to ourselves too, that like, this is pretty, pretty new stuff. And, you know, even just the impact of trauma and whatnot. I mean, they, they, they really didn't know. And, um, you know, yeah. again, that's very, very new um, very new, new research, very new ideas. And like, some of it hasn't even been corroborated yet. You know, Mm -hmm. some of the studies, they haven't been able to re 
you know, um, reproduce and, um, say for sure, for sure. But I think there's some great theories out there and I think it's important for us to, um, move, you know, just move forward and incorporate it as much as we can and, and teach our kids what feels right from it, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. So if I can ask one more question, cause I know we're running out of time here. Um, how can, how are you using your making at this kind of season to, uh, to love yourself, to mm. care for yourself? That's a great question. Do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. I'll let you think about it. Um, yeah. Uh, I think having those projects like the hexes that I can just reach for and work on, um, is a great way to kind of return to myself at any given time. Um, you know, to, to give myself that feeling that even, even though I'm just sitting there, like I'm making some progress on something, um, <clears throat> which is important to me. I mean, not everybody feels that way, but I think as a maker, you know, this is just baked into my DNA at this point that like, I feel better when I'm making movement on, on some of my creativity. And even if I don't feel very creative, I know that I'm working towards one of my dreams, one of my goals. Um, yeah. And it just helps with the overwhelm if I'm doing something. Um, I've, I've learned some stupid things. I say stupid, um, annoying things, um, that sometimes I'm miserable and I'm grumpy and I can't get my head right. And it turns out that I just needed to like clean a room of my house, um, which I, I hate because I, I hate that that's the solution. <laughs> it's such a, <laughs> you know, fitting all the stereotypes there. Um, but like, I just, I cleaned the, I, I just tidy a room and I'm like, oh, that was what was bugging me is I didn't have that um, safe space. And it was just the overwhelm of having a cluttered space was getting to me, but I couldn't sense it. Um, I've been doing like, uh, this 15 a day thing on Instagram for a few months now. And I think very, it, what, what that accomplished was so to, to explain what I'm doing, um, every day I'll get on Instagram and I'll do a little post that kind of addresses each of my 15 a day things. So I have four things I try and do for 15 minutes a day. I try and spend time with God and I try to move my body in some kind of way. Uh, and I try and spin and I try and do some kind of food prep. So those are my four categories and I'll catalog every day, whether I did one of them, you know, whether mm -hmm. I did them and, but I do not like judge myself at all. If I don't do any or all of them, it's just a way of, you know, kind of like copying things from a list in your bullet journal. It's kind of a way of mm -hmm. like reflecting every day. Like this is important to me. Um, this is something that I can do to love myself. I didn't do it today. Um, but that's okay. Like I keep, I haven't spun for probably a week and a half, but it's like, no, I want to do that because making that space is really good for me. Um, and this is a way that even though it's hard to get started, uh, for me, I have decided that that, you know, is a discipline 
that will feed me and will care for me. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me so long to be able to say things like that um, without feeling triggered uh, to some kind of overzealous self-help gonna get it all together anxiety. It has taken so long to get there. So if you find any of this triggering, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get all my stuff together and I, I can't do it. Like just, just like out the window, you know what? Forget it. Like you're, you are exactly where you are and where you are is great. You know, if you are breathing air, you are, there's more right than wrong with you. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I am at a place where I'm able to use that that kind of just daily discipline of like reminding myself that these are the things that um, feed me and care for me um, to, to, you know, to just keep, keep going, to just live in the process and mm-hmm. um, have a little, I just have a little milestone every day that like, I'm still here. I'm still doing the stuff and this is where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very similar to me. Like, I think a lot of what you said, I mean, it resonates completely, you know, that accountability to oneself, not judging, you know, if something doesn't get done or if something um, falls by the wayside for a few days or a week, um, acknowledging, you know, that this is important to me. This is how I love myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, living in the process, um, you know, trying to acknowledge the hard, you know, that that there's there is that grind there at this stage of life. Um I love that you've been trying to develop those daily practices because I think that's something that I dabble in. <laughs> um, and I don't um like I try to go for a walk every single day. Well, like that's an hour of my day gone because I really try to get out and do that. And that's for physical health as well as mental health. Um but that's all part of like, you know, rehabilitation for my, uh, for my hip. Um, I think one of the things that I've been really trying to do with my making is like one of the, one of the things that really gives me a lot of, um, life and really makes me feel like I'm acknowledging that, uh, the, the really creative side of myself is, um, working with, um, you know, coming up with my own, my own, uh, uh, projects for weaving, not using other people's projects or patterns. Like for me, weaving the creative, the creative part and the life-giving part of, of weaving is figuring out how all the threads are actually working on the loom and then actually going from scratch and, and designing something or working on something, mm-hmm. um, coming up with the type of yarn that I want to spin for, you know, increasingly specific projects as I, as I, um, uh, as I, grow and develop mostly because I don't want a yarn stash. So that's, you know, spending the time to sort of map out, you know, do the sampling, do the, do, do the fiber prep, do all that. So those like little things just intentionally, when I feel like I have the energy and I have the the mental space, making sure that those are the things that I focus on um, mm-hmm. rather than getting mired down in, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. You should be doing a bit better and doing more. Cause I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a doer and I have to find that balance between, um, resting and recuperating and, um, and just constantly like do, 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 go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find 
that that balance i okay i imagine that that balance takes on kind of a unique cast since you know being a content creator i hate that phrase mm-hmm. i'm using bunny ears around i know but um, but yeah. since since that is also tied up in your making like are you yeah. you know how do you keep that um like this is my job part um how do you integrate that with the like this is for me and I do this because I love it um part if that question makes sense yeah that's a great question it's something I grapple with um often and a lot um I don't think that there's any easy answer. I don't think that I have found the answer yet, if if mm. I ever do. Um, I think sometimes my making and my creative stuff around like knitting and spinning and weaving specifically, I think sometimes it actually, it is a job and it's not life-giving in the sense of like being truly for me. Um, I actually find the digital creation part, like editing, photography, that stuff. I actually find that really deeply creative, um, mm-hmm. doing the podcast. So some of that stuff, I get that outlet, um, not just from the make, like making the yarn, but actually like photographing the yarn, showcasing the yarn, talking about the yarn, the, edu- the, the education piece, like when I go into teacher mode, um, such an important part it, of the creative process. Yeah. And I don't think part. I would do it. Like I wouldn't do it if I didn't like if I didn't get something out of it, cause it would just be like, oh, yeah. it would have fallen by the wayside years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, do, I don't think that I have figured that part out of it out quite yet. And I think it, that's part of what I'm still trying to figure out. Um, and I think that's also why I started reading again, because mm-hmm. reading novels and books and stuff is just for me. Um, there's nowhere to share that. There's nowhere to talk about that. Um, and you don't feel like uh, you need to in order to no, I don't to really doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, don't need to. Um, part of the reason why I'm so like, why I've really committed to going out for my walks and stuff, because once I get back from that walk, other than how I physically feel, there's nothing to show for myself. It's the same mm-hmm. with reading a book. There's nothing to show. Um, and I think I really need that. I need that opportunity to care for myself without actually having anything to show. Um, mm-hmm it was one of the reasons why I wanted to go back to piano quite a few years ago. And it's just, I can't fit it in. I tried and it's just, it, it just made me crazy. Um, it's a big thing. It's a big <laughs> thing. And, um, but when I got up from the piano, there was like nothing to show. Like, so I'd made music. I played, played a song, but it was like, there was nothing like physical, physically tangible to show. So I think it's yeah. just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still figuring all that out. I think that's an ongoing process, an ongoing journey. And a lot of it actually comes back to like, what's the meaning of it all? And what's the purpose? And what do I want to put out in the world? And um, what brings me meaning? What, um, yeah. And that's stuff I'm still thinking about. And maybe something we can explore in a future episode yeah yeah Yeah. and you don't have to have your making be part of your self-care plan like that I mean it kind of always is um but you know I talk about my 15 a day and like the spinning is almost always the first thing to go Mm -hmm. um interesting and and out of those four things only one of them involves making and we're talking about 15 minutes right so like that's a way that I'm trying to intentionally use my making to care for myself but like the other things are, are like necessary. You know what I mean? Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just something to think about. And, um, I think making is, 
it is a job for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that really, I really like that. I really like that motivation and that drive. I get a lot of drive out of, um, you know, working on my book and working on projects that I'm going to share and working on my blog, you know, it helps, that helps me, that sharing piece really does help me get into that parasympathetic place. Mm -hmm. Um, because I have to regulate in order to share coherently in a way that connects. Um, but yeah, it's not, uh yeah that is that is still work um mm-hmm. and that is in a way that's part of what makes it life-giving is that sense of you know I am accountable to to you and to myself and to Others. whatever because mm-hmm. I, we don't have a village we don't have a crafting village locally um so you know we don't have the quilting bee we don't have you know, okay, we're all getting together. We have to make things for our family for winter. Well, okay, there is that here, but you can also just buy the things. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 That's excellent, Rebecca. Thank you so much for sharing sure. so much. You bet. Thank you for sharing too. I hope, uh, I hope everybody enjoys listening to us, blah, 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 blah. And uh, mm-hmm. think about our lives and that everybody if this sparked anything in you as you're listening that you know you'll chime in with your two cents and your reflections either on this patreon post or um on slack where we like to gather Mm -hmm. and uh yeah just share and be ourselves 